solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter 18. The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this is Potterwash. Um, we are here discussing the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore, chapter 18. Oh yeah, baby. Um, there is some juicy stuff in here. Some stuff we wish we didn't know. Yeah. I'm ready to get into it. Me too. Um, did you sum up the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore uh, in a in a chapter title and then I <laughs> um yes so my rename was um show me the love (laughs) um um a um an interesting take on on the chapter yeah so that was my rename and I'm gonna let the listeners decipher that how they wish Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, now I see what you did. I got it, you know. I see. Well, it's like about Harry's. It's a double. That, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. About the siblings, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, lot, yeah. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of lack of love happening. Or like yeah. showing love in like a way that may not be the best. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I, I renamed this chapter, his checkered past. (laughs) Understatement. Yeah. I almost almost did my rename as hashtag cancel Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore is canceled. I have some notes. I have some thoughts later. Oh, same though. Um, but I can, you know, sum it up in a haiku for you. As sum well. it up. Give me a five seven five. Okay, Rita's book reveals too much pain that never heals. Ooh. I know how Harry feels. That is so good, Molly. And Wait, <laughs> read that again. That was awesome. Rita's book reveals. Too much pain that never heals. I know how Harry feels. Oh my God. I love that so much. That's so fitting. Okay. Mine is loss of hope and trust. His faith in him turned to dust. Mourn what's not discussed. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. So, um, if it wasn't clear, this is the chapter where we basically read a chapter in Rita Skeeter's book about Dumbledore. And it doesn't paint Dumbledore in a good light. And also, it doesn't leave room for a lot of, like, fake news, you know? <laughs> I think that... I guess the quote-unquote fake news part or like the Rita of it all is the assumptions about Ariana oh well yeah of course but the rest of it is not really like the stuff that like 
that paints the, the stuff that I get upset with Dumbledore about are not the fake news parts. Like, I, yeah, I don't believe he locked Ariana up in a dungeon. Well, I mean, we also know right all the facts now, but I think like reading it, like we're like led to believe that like he mistreated Ariana and like that's a big part of it as well. And like Harry's like, yeah, yeah. they locked up his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I mean, obviously I agree, but I think we also have the, um, hindsight or whatever, the knowledge. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think, I mean, obviously Rita has some receipts for some of this stuff, but there is still like the Rita Skeeter of it all. That's like, yeah, I guess because I've read this chapter so many times I can for myself piece through what's real and what's not real. So in my head, I was like, all of it was real because it was already the stuff that I believed. And then I had just like sidebarred the stuff that I didn't. Um, Ugh, it's rough. It is. It's rough. It's not good for sure. Yeah. I mean, I really like the conversation that Hermione and Harry have afterward because I feel like it's the same conversation that we have about Dumbledore over and over again. So we'll obviously we'll get to it. But yeah. But before we get to that, we have a sad boy who's sad about his wand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think in a lot of ways, this is the most like hopeless we've ever seen Harry like even when he's like hurt like really hurt like after Sirius's death and there like there are times when we've seen him more distraught than this but this is definitely the most like inactive hopeless like he's always moving into action or has like an active reaction but here he like it really does feel like his power has been taken away and it's a little bit of that superhero trope like what do you do in the second superhero movie if your your hero is too overpowered it's like you do the wonder woman where you take away our powers or the superman where you take away his power you know it feels like that except for like yeah aimless like he has no yeah plan and even if he had one he has like no way of like doing it like he has no yeah no power also I I mean I don't think it was on purpose it's interesting that you're like talking about power like that like because that's like such a prominent part of the letter Dumbledore's letter to Geller is like this power that we have that we have to use on less powerful and like yeah yeah like Harry's wand is like his like source of power like literally and it seems like a little bit figuratively for him but and it's also like it is his safety blanket it does give him that it gives him that extra oomph to follow his gut because it has saved his bacon more than one time he's right like he remembers the feeling of it in his arm like in his hands twitching to life and you know wow that got very dirty and I didn't mean it to I apologize I was focusing on the task at hand but it's also just like backup plan like you know if all else fails at least my wand can right right so it just that specific one means so much to Harry that it yeah also I this passage where he talks about all the things in his pouch of like the broken and unlike yeah 
or like, you know, stuff that really can't be used um, mm-hmm. really has always stuck with me. Like the idea that he carried yeah. all of these items around with him for the rest of the book. And it's like, yeah, they're technically all broken or like don't have a purpose, but like, like there's such some symbolism there in Harry yeah. and um I, I, yeah, I just, I think that part is actually weirdly beautiful. I think, well, I think it ends up being beautiful later. Like, obviously right now it goes to that whole, like, yeah, all this broken stuff, like Dumbledore left me, like it's all trash basically. No, you're, you're totally right. And, but it also, the fact that he keeps holding on to it and a lot of the things are associated with Dumbledore. Like, even if you want to go for a reach, even the wand gets broken in Godric's hollow where he's, where he's holding all of his last hopes that Dumbledore gave them something useful. And, and he's carrying these things around and he doesn't throw them away. He wants to. And then you have that scene where the last thing that Dumbledore physically gave him was the snitch. And he thinks about throwing it away in this moment where he has lost everything (laughs) with Dumbledore and he does it, which like, no matter if he is ready to admit it or not, he still has faith in that man. Like he still believes that has hope somewhere deep down. That's why he carries the things that don't make sense that are broken. Yeah. Um, he does have like a hopefulness to it with, again, we know that there's this like level. Of like we, we know that the wand is going to be fixed. We know that the mirror leads to Aberforth. We know that the snitch will be opened and give him the final push at the end. But, oh, but yeah. It's a deep chapter. It is. Um, um, talking about it is making me like it more already. Um, it's a chapter. I don't skip chapters when I reread, but it is a chapter that I go, eh, when I reread it, like out of context of us doing the podcast, because it's yeah. like, I already know all the information in it. Right. But now that we're deep diving it, it it gave it made me appreciate it again from a different light. Definitely. Yeah, it's not normally reading it, it's not one of my favorites because it's like, yeah, it's literally a chapter of another book that we've already read. Um, mm-hmm. and but I did really enjoy it for this this read through. But um, yeah. My I just think it's so sad when Hermione's like am I allowed to talk to you? <laughs> oh, girl. Although, and I love her and she she can feel all of her feelings, but I do think she's a little bit like, this is not what Harry needs right now. I'm not talking about her bringing the book, but like her showing up like sobbing tail between her legs. And it's not like her fault. I'm just like, if I were already frustrated with the situation, I just don't, need you to keep bringing up the situation like I know that nothing can be changed for it I'm not mad at you and I will get over it but like now I feel bad that you feel bad about it and I can't have my feelings about it because I know it's making you feel worse so just don't bring it up for my yeah I mean I to her credit she doesn't hear like she's just like you wanted to know about the picture like she's like yeah being the subject no, no no but she did she does bring it up after she's like you're still mad at me aren't you yeah. and I'm like well it seems I'm like like, she's like making this like really angry face at her. that's why she brings up which it isn't even at her but um, yeah 
She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were like fine to talk now. <laughs> yeah, but I do feel bad for her. This this image of her is quite pitiful. Yeah. And not in like, a, oh, you deserve to be pitied. Like, you no. know, like the sad. <laughs> it hurts my heart because she's like afraid to talk to Harry. Like that's. Yeah. And it's not, I don't even think that's on Harry. I think she's just like, it's just, it's no one's fault. It's just like, oh, this really it's just like. A- my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough time for the group. Morale is low. Um, also, thanks, Rita, for this note to Batty. Um, if Rita, you remember what it, the heck? You did. Okay, thanks. Bye. You said everything, even if you don't remember it. Bye. Christ, Rita, was my note in response to that. <laughs> Just like... What a load of crap to unpack, Rita Skeeter. Thank you for reminding us you are still a terrible person. Um, I also think there should be, like, it should be illegal what she does. And she's, like, completely open about it in her book. And I'm like, there are, so there are no laws against, like, uh, sourcing, like, uh, using veritaserum on a senile older woman to get information for your yeah. book. That seems like illegal. <laughs> I have the exact same note. Um, yeah, because she admits her crime. She's like, yeah, I like bewitched her. And then I use veritaserum, which we know that veritaserum can only be used in very like specific situations. And I don't think getting a book um, reveal is a situation where you can use veritaserum. I'm just like, you're just making yourself look bad, Rita. But people don't care because people love Rita Skeeter. She should be canceled. Yeah. Um, I had one thought, like, well, I had lots of thoughts. But I had this, like, one recurring thought as I was listening to this chapter again and about Dumbledore and Harry and how I was, like, asking myself, does Harry need this like kind of breakup from Dumbledore like does he need this anger to like fuel him or like is it does he need it to kind of I this is what I kind of gathered was like he kind of needs to distance himself from Dumbledore so that he can like figure out his own gut like trust himself in some ways again like I need to not think about what Dumbledore wants me to do and think about what I want to do and I guess he wouldn't really get that without this moment but I I don't know I was just kind of like going through no I think you're I think you're exactly right even if he does like you're talking about like from like the author point of view yeah like does Harry need this moment and I think yes because before all of their all of like Harry's thought process has been like well what what would Dumbledore what was Dumbledore trying to teach me what was the meaning of this and he's not using his gut. He's right. going based on what he thinks that Dumbledore was trying to tell him. So I think you're exactly right that that he needs this moment to sort of like, honestly, not trust himself again because he, ha- he hasn't even ever really done that just to like, yeah, divorce himself from Dumbledore to give him own, give his own self some agency. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of what, because I, I think yeah. he says it when... Um, or he says something along the lines where he's like, we talked ourselves into going to Godric's hollow because we thought, right. and there, and he's like, there is no plan. Like Dumbledore didn't leave us a map basically. And it's like, yeah, you right. have to follow that because 
the only way you're going to survive this is if you do what you think is best, not what you think Dumbledore thinks you should do. Right. Like the prophecy doesn't say that Dumbledore is going to lead the chosen one into defeating Dumbledore, Voldemort, you know, like you've got, it's on you, Harry. This is about you. And like part of the reason why I think I wanted to think about Dumbledore, like redoing this plan over and over again is like, this idea that Dumbledore like had to figure that out too, that like Dumbledore had to like figure out that he needed to almost like destroy their trust and relationship in order for Harry to grow, which is like really devastating. And I don't, I mean, obviously my yes. fan theory, but I also don't think that that's, you know, it, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'm a little, um, I thought about your fan theory a lot in this chapter. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Not that I didn't yeah. like it. Like, I didn't think it was feasible. I think it, it gives Dumbledore an out yeah. that I don't want to give him in this chapter. But like, that's why I'm, I did it. Cause I wanted cause I'm, to out. <laughs> right. But I'm so mad and upset, like with Harry right now. And I've just read the chapter. So it's fresh. And so, and well, and I was reading it and I was like, yeah, if Molly's right about this theory, then this really does give Dumbledore a huge pass for all the things that he does. And I don't want to give him a pass right now. I want to discuss it like this is the shit that he did. This is the person that he was because we'll talk about this more when we get into the life and lies of it all. But if we're looking at it face value, Dumbledore has not changed. His goal is different, but he still does things for the greater good. He still makes executive decisions. He thinks he's more powerful than other people and smarter than other people and doesn't give people certain information. He still is, he still has that ego is all I'm saying as he does when he's a kid. Now he has changed his goal, which uh, in Dumbledore's defense was like the main issue with his plan. He should not be wanting to forcibly, um, uh, as uh, I guess, execute his power over uh, muggle boards for the greater good. But I think his methods and reasoning in his letter proved that he still has a similar thought process in that way. I don't know if that's the only thing that's changed though. Um, like, yes, I think his goal changed, but I, I don't think like this Dumbledore would have, has like the same compassion for like people that like the Dumbledore we know, like, I do think he evolves as a person. Like, yes. Yeah. I do. I mean, I I see what you're saying. Like, you know, he still has like a lot of trust issues (laughs) throughout his whole life, but like almost worse as an adult because of his relationship with Geller, like that even changes. Like this is somebody he did open up to. I guess I'm less talking about like, I, I think, I think what I'm more saying is this whole for the greater good concept. Like if we take apart that letter a little bit, him being like um yes poor um muggles they don't understand power they don't understand themselves we as greater beings have to um 
exude our power over them in a way that hurts them the least. And we'll do it and we'll put it under the blanket of the greater good. And I think that's how he justifies things now, even though he has changed and his goals have changed. So yes, I think maybe he has changed a lot, but at his core, he still has that, that mindset of, I have a lot of power. I am better than a lot of people I know best. So things have to be done my way to protect others for the greater good. Like this whole plan with Harry, this like not giving him information, the way he treated him in fifth year. Like he does apologize for these things. Him putting Harry in the, the goblet of fire is bait. Like all of these things where... Oh, like left him in. In, yes. Not like putting his like, name in, but like, <laughs> yeah, um, Dumbledore. It was actually Dumbledore who put Harry's name in the Goblet of Fire. I mean, I think you're right that like he definitely still believes in the greater good. And we've kind of talked about that for like this whole series is like still about being like for the greater good, whether that's good or bad. And I, I do think he thinks he's smarter, obviously, and more powerful, but I think he's also like, almost like he even says like you know I never wanted to take the ministry position like I didn't want to put myself in a position to like abuse that which I do think is gross (laughs) yes I don't think he's doing it for power I don't even think there's malicious intent like I genuinely believe that he thinks this is the best way to do something but there's an ego in that that is troubling yeah, he definitely has a healthy, healthy ego. Well, um, I would say an unhealthy ego. No, I meant healthy, like, as in big. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, sorry. Yeah, no, I meant, like, yes, he certainly, I agree, like, with what you're saying. Um, but I guess. Yeah, I, I just think it's dangerous. It reminds me a lot of um, the the last season of Game of Thrones with if we're taking that at face value too like I disagree with some of the way they did Daenerys but their overall like plot with her was that for so long she had been told like yes uh kill the slavers uh save the slaves blah 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 blah, flat out and it gave her this ego of every decision I am making is a morally good decision And so then at the very end, it ended up being her downfall because she couldn't see the, you know, the dangers of that ego or listen to other people when it came to uh, what was actually the moral, morally right decision there. So I think the Dumbledore believes that all of these things are doing is right and that there is no other option but I don't know if that is necessarily the case. Even even if we know because we read the books in the future that it does end up working out. I don't know if he needed to put Harry through some things he puts Harry through. I mean, certainly, and he admits that, but I do wonder if like him even putting his trust in Harry is like saying, you know, I think I trust this person to also be like powerful. Like, yes, it's his plan and he's like, following through on that but um I don't know if it's all that part is all ego you know like him trusting Harry to be the one to really finish Baltimore but he has to because he believes in the prophecy 
Right. I don't think he would trust Harry to do it if it wasn't set out, like if it wasn't written for Harry to do it. I don't know. I The way that Dumbledore talks about the prophecy, it feels like he doesn't just believe the prophecy for prophecy's sake. I think he works. I don't know. I don't know. I think he puts the effort in because of the prophecy, right? Like he wasn't going to go find a one-year-old Harry and be like, you're the one that I trust to to kill Voldemort. You know, like like nobody would. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I don't know. I think Harry proves himself to him, certainly. I don't think that that Dumbledore is not like impressed or doesn't love Harry. Like later in this chapter, Harry says, Dumbledore didn't love me. And I don't think that's true. I think he does see the value in Harry and he does, and Harry does impress him, but I don't know if it's really all like an earned, I think that you can do this as much as it is. Like, I have to train you to do this because of the prophecy. Yeah, I don't know. I think if he didn't see it in Harry, I don't know if he would have done the same plan, you know? Yeah. Like if it had been Neville, (laughs) like, I don't know if you would have seen that. That's a good point. Which Neville proves himself that like, no one would have seen, you know, like. Right. That, no, that is, that's a really interesting counter argument. Like would Dumbledore had like put all of his eggs in the Neville basket the same way he put all of his eggs in the Harry basket because Neville was, shall we say, a late bloomer. Um, Right. Although I, I would even say that Dumbledore saw something in Neville in the first book mm-hmm. by giving him those points. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't mean to, this is like, uh, I do this all the time where I go really hard on Dumbledore and I do love Dumbledore as a character and I do, and I just love him, period. But that's why I feel like, I don't know. That's why I, I kind of I, talk like Harry and Hermione do at the end here because- Hermione's still trying to make a case for Dumbledore. Right. I, I want to talk about more when we get to that part, but. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, I brought it up. I just. Um, she's as nutty as squirrel poo. That's where I am. That quote from Rita Skeeter in her, um, in her uh, biography of Dumbledore. She includes the necessary quote, she's as nutty as squirrel poo, to talk about her main informant. Why would you discredit your informant? Yeah, and she calls Elpheus dog breath, quote unquote, doge. I'm like, that's just rude. <laughs> Not that's necessary. rude inclusion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what her, I think she's trying to like, at the same time be like they told me this stuff and if they deny that they said this stuff later it's because they're crazy like discredit them just in case (laughs) yeah (laughs) also again with the goat stuff Aberforth. Aberforth. how much of it is Rita and how much of it is true yeah that's another like is this of a fake news but um what is J.K. Rowling trying to tell us about Aberforth. Like, what is his deal? Is he with it? Is he not with it? Like, I know we meet him literally later, but I yeah, I know. like Aberforth. I feel like he's is with it, and I don't want to like think about him and his relationship with the goats. Um, but is he supposed to be like stunted? Like, he's not like entirely- I don't. 
like here I see where you get that. And I think that too. And then when we meet him though, he doesn't seem like that at all. So like my answer is no. I think he's like a Boo Radley a little bit. So like he's not really stunted at all, but because he's probably like really reserved and probably a little bit weird and his he has a brother who's like fantastic and a sister who has a lot of rumors about him I think he just sort of got talked about like the one that's not all there and he's really just fine and he doesn't he doesn't care to correct it because he's Aberforth you know and maybe he even like leaned into that because I was like right yeah, I think it's like a rumor mill thing. I don't think he is actually not all there because he seems very with it when we meet him later. And I quite like him when we meet him later. Yeah. Um, I think he's a very interesting character. Um, uh, and then she says that, that um, Grindelwald never really continues his reign of terror in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious to see if uh, she who must not be named will keep that in the Fantastic Beasts trilogy. I think she or series because so far they've been in all these other places. Yeah, so I, I was just like I forgot for a second that it says that blatantly here, and I because I guess in my head I assumed that we were going to make it back to the UK at some point because how does Nagini? Well, yeah, it's just a weird. Right. Um, but it, it's actually really hard to for me to um, think about Geller as like evil. Like I always, um, you know, because we're told, you know, this is a bad dude. He's a lot of bad things. And like intellectually, I know that. But like the, the only thing that we get shown of him is like this friendship with Dumbledore. And like that's the context that we know him in. And so like I have to always remind myself like who he really is. And that's because he's like supposed to be like like Voldemort but like I don't think of him like that when I think yeah him. me either I also don't think of him as the same level as Voldemort and maybe it is because he has this greater good mentality like I think he is still evil and has done awful things of course you know yeah but I think that whole like that whole putting it under the lids of like Voldemort wants power for Voldemort <laughs> you know right I, I, I don't yeah. I think <clears throat> I, this is probably like a bad thing to say but like there's part of me that's like oh I just really enjoy like that Dumbledore has this like friendship and obviously we learn later like it's more than just a friendship but like <laughs> I don't know there's just part of me that's like yeah they have this like they have this like intellectual thing where they're like so connected and I like even as a like young person reading that I feel like I like Lashed onto that idea for some reason. No, 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 no. I think you're totally right. I feel the same way. I do like it. Like, I, I, I'm not going to go read Gellert Dumbledore fan fiction because it does break my heart because I am so fascinated by this period. I think yeah. it's really sweet to think of them, like you said, bonding intellectually and writing these notes to each other yeah. and dreaming of a world that is better, even though their world it's dream bad. was bad. <laughs> but no, it is. It's really, really nice to think about. So I know I am totally there with you. And we don't um, or connect with anyone ever. So like, I don't ever know. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's that's rough. like young. And so I, I literally have to be like, no, this is a bad person, but we never see him as the bad person. We see him as 
Dumbledore's friend who like they had bad ideas together but like well we see him like yeah and and we also the first time we're introduced to him he's like Crumb tells us but like again it's like yeah yeah, we're being told he's a bad person but we never hear one of the things he does other than like he's trying to control He's like trying right. to take over. Like we know he's trying to take over, but has seeing Fantastic Beast altered that for you? I keep it so separate. Like I, that version of Grindelwald is not the version of Grindelwald that I think about when we've read the books. Not this the, not in the sequel, not in Crimes of Grindelwald, but I think a lot about the first book. Grindelwald because it seems that Grindelwald fits in my picture more and I know he's pretending he's in like another person's body but I just think that um portrayal of Grindelwald fits that with me more it does taint this friendship for me because you see how like manipulative and um conniving he can be but um that that more like silent slow simmering kind of like evil that's just beneath the surface but still very personable that that still like lets their brain do the talking and we've talked about how we feel about Johnny Depp on this podcast before but I think he's he like that'll never be Grindelwald because that man is too it's like rough it's not it's yeah, it's not controlled. It doesn't seem like anyone that Dumbledore would ever be threatened by or, you know. Right. Yeah, it's it just smooth enough. For me. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I think I think the first movie does a better um, job of like encapsulating it. But again, it's like I there's no connection for me between the two yet. And maybe when they do more with the movie, mm-hmm. they, um, they will. But to me, like it feels like I, I don't see the it, them using anything from this yet, you know? Yeah. And we, obviously we get so little. So like, there's like hardly anything for them to use from this book, but. Um, the only thing they have, they do kind of use is um, <laughs> the same uh, actor to play young Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> when they do their little, um, their little necklace thing. Oh, um, I was like, wait, I don't even remember when we see him, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it, um, it, it is fascinating to me that it's only two months, this friendship. I believe Like, that's like, such a short time. Yeah, it's like a whirlwind. Yeah. It's like, uh, that, that is honestly, again, I said it when I saw Crimes of Grindelwald and I'll say it again. That is some gay shit, okay? Know somebody for two months, get a blood necklace, blood packed with them. What is that Dumbledore? Get it together. And I think Hermione makes a good point later by saying like, it kind of makes sense because like Dumbledore especially was in like such a vulnerable position. So he was like, you can assume like kind of just desperate for anything. And so like latched onto it maybe harder. But I also think about like going to college and like making fast friends. Like, yeah. And like, and, and I, JK Rowling may not say it, but uh, I'm going to say it. There's a huge missing piece here of like first love and all of that, that 
is also overwhelming and all consuming. And I, I mean, I think it's, I don't, I don't, um, I don't hate this section for Dumbledore. I think it, it makes sense. I'm glad that we, that we get it. Uh, people that have like really good friendships or like really like those relationships, like everyone will say like, it happened really fast. Like we got close really fast, regardless yeah. of whether it was like a friendship or a romantic thing. Like, yeah, I don't I, think that that's weird that people like connect quickly like that. Like I don't, most friendships, I don't think build over a long period of time. And then it's like, now I trust you to do all this stuff. It's like, no, I've met you. We're getting along. No, like- you're, yeah, you're right. It, it's for me, it's not the length of the intense, it's not the intensity of their friendship in two months. It's that the extent of it lasted only two months. Yeah. Because it feels like it's. It ends so quickly. Yeah. 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 No, totally. I mean, and like that's sad too. Like, yeah. This is Dumbledore's only relationship. Sad. Um, always like breaks my heart <laughs> yeah that it really does hurt me I mean like can you imagine trusting yourself with somebody after that <laughs> right I mean like I he, be- gonna he became his worst version of himself with yeah. this person so yeah I think it would be especially for Dumbledore who like holds other people and himself to such a high standard I think it would be hard for him to allow himself to be with somebody else after things like this happened with Grindelwald, and especially since he, it's not, it's not his fault, the Ariana thing, not his fault, but he equates it. Yeah. I mean, he brought this person in to the home, like feels that responsibility, like, right. Um, uh, well, I'm at the letter. Now that we're in a good place about Dumbledore, like let's talk about the letter. Um, <laughs> we can. Oh, I just, I just have, I just have one more um, <laughs> uh, note to uh, she who must not be named. Yeah. About um, so it like reading this actually made me mad. Because I'm like, so we can include some weird goat stuff with Aberforth. <laughs> and, um, and before we have insinuated by, by using Rita Skeeter, we have insinuated that Harry and Dumbledore have had an inappropriate relationship. But you expect us to, you want to come out for Dumbledore like after the fact, before the date of this book. And then you don't want Rita Skeeter, the gossip queen, to put in that there was a romantic relationship. Your homophobia is showing JK Rowling. Like, come on. Come on. Like, or like, like don't you even to represent AIDS or like, right? Yeah. Like a gay man in like the 80s, but. You don't want to. Like, you don't want to say anything verbatim, and it's not even an excuse of like, because her excuse with Dumbledore is that it never felt like it fit in the story. Like I didn't want to have like you know, da, da, da. but it's like this is the perfect place to do it with Rita Skeeter, right? Like this is the place to do it. 
like you don't have to have like Dumbledore himself necessarily like, come out, but you could definitely have Rita be like, what was like, the nature of their relationship? Yeah, like, it seemed, um, yeah, or like something like, and Batty implied that it seemed to be more than friends. Not only did we see letters sneaking in, but we saw we uh, Dumbledore leaving the house all hours of the night. Like it doesn't even have to be verbatim. Like it written, it wrote itself. It's like she wrote it in and then took a little scissor and cut out the gay parts and you know that Dumbledore never married after this like right exactly like there were so many like this was the perfect place to do it and it just made me so mad reading it because I was like oh no she she specifically did not include that Rita Skeeter would have put that in there for sure sure. there's no way she wouldn't have it's the it's the scoop of the century it would have been the front of her book like and it is all there. Like we can get all that subtext reading it, knowing like what we know, but like, but I'm so sorry. You wrote a character that was not subtle. I don't think Rita Skeeter is trying right. not to come out for Dumbledore. Right. There it is. That's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> so should we unpack this? Yeah, let's get in. Let's dig in. Um, that power gives us the right to rule. And a responsibility over the ruled. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. I don't know if there's much more we need to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you want to I I think it's extremely misguided. And that's what I'm saying. Like before, I think he does see the flaw in this. I don't want, I don't want it to seem like, cause I was going hard on Dumbledore earlier that I think this is still anything that he believes or a mentality that he still carries out. I don't think that he believes that. I just think in the back of his head, I think he does still think that he is more powerful and smarter than others and on and like what is that word um and subconsciously still behaves like it is his responsibility to either guard people from information he doesn't think they're willing to to do or to take on the power within his own hands because he doesn't think anybody else can do it Let's dance a little bit about this if we can. That's a term I heard from a podcast. Like, yeah, let's wanna, dance. If let's you dance. Argue a little bit. But, let's um, dance. Do you, don't you think that in some ways he is like the smartest person in the room? Like, and does know better than most people, or you know, in some ways, like, and and one, if we're assuming that he is like maybe one of the smartest people that we're introduced to in this world, how should he use that power? Because he does have that um, magic power and blah, blah, blah. Like, how should he use that? You know, because he does, he might know best and he does in a lot of ways. Yes. I guess for me, he shouldn't treat people like puppet pawns in his game. That's, that's, <laughs> yes, that honestly, that's the only thing I would change is give people the freedom to have information 
and not to be such a control freak about how and you're giving it out. Because I think like he does it to Sirius, which may or may not be warranted. He does it to Harry a lot, which is what I really get on him about. But he really does. He he manipulates for the greater good. And I I don't think that I like that. <laughs> the whole thing with like for the greater good is I feel like there are times where things are for the greater good. Like that's the like, I feel like we've mentioned that before, or like, I know that I have, like, there are certainly times where like things are for the greater good. And then there are times where like, that may not be the best policy. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, you're totally right. And I think if we don't have this past with Dumbledore, I I almost give it a pass. But for me, it feels like an alcoholic going back to alcohol. (laughs) Like, there's no like, uh, there's no problem if it's for the greater good and it's someone that's never had an issue with the greater good before. But for me, I'm like, mm, this just feels a little too close to home. And I feel like you should be evaluating yourself, Dumbledore. Do like a weekly check-in, go to for the greater good version of AA. Just like really like you need, we need a checks and balances system for him. And he does a really good job self-managing. I think it's really smart that he doesn't want to be a, have a job in the ministry, but he knows that he can go a little too far. He knows this about himself. I just wonder, like, so if he does, you know, basically give people freedom of choice, like free will, and they don't follow his plan, like, is that, is it worth that? You know, like, if people make their own choices and Harry doesn't decide to do what Harry decides to do and no one defeats Voldemort, like, is it worth giving Harry like all of that freedom of choice if it you know like do the ends justify the means I guess is what I'm asking but I mean I can't answer I can't we'll we'll never know and I can't answer that yeah for Harry but like but yeah but what we know of I think Harry's a bad example because Harry would always choose to save people let's think about a time when like he does it to Sirius or something because then it's like it's a little more nebulous, right? Like things might not have ended up the way they needed to. Like if he had let Sirius like go out and about and all of that. Yeah. You mean? Yes. So I'm like, is, so is that a, was that a necessary for the greater good was making Harry live in his abusive home for the greater good. These are the things, like, I can't answer the what if, but they seem wrong. (laughs) I definitely think the serious one ends up being basically moot. It didn't matter that Dumbledore did all of that because in the end he ended up dying anyway. Anyway. So it was like- But but you could, yeah. And so that one's a hard one because- I think it's a good example because I don't think it was- It it it, it didn't justify it. And then you could also argue that it's the reason he felt the need (laughs) to like- go out because he was so stir crazy but like who he would have but gone Sir- yeah but Sirius is volatile so it but I think like potent like so what I'm saying is like Dumbledore might have been right if he had gone out he would have gotten caught maybe killed and like then he would have gotten caught and killed and then like like and he got killed anyway so like that's what I'm kind of saying like even if he yeah. had 
let Sirius basically make the choice to risk himself and he did die, like, would that have changed anything, him dying, you know? And that almost, that almost, even the Sirius thing doesn't bother me as much because Sirius is a grown man. So he could have left if he really wanted yeah, to. He, chose he, he has he has all of the information and he is actively choosing to trust Dumbledore because he knows Dumbledore is right. What bothers me is when Dumbledore uses people as pawns and things they don't have the whole information to. Like, like Snape. Snape and yeah. with Harry. Yeah. Like that the Snape one is definitely interesting I'm sure we're going to talk about it more but like if he had told Snape what his goal for Harry was that Harry was going to have to give himself up like how that would have changed Snape's uh role I guess I well I think it could have gone a couple ways the Snape sympathizer in me actually thinks it might make him nicer to Harry um only from the standpoint of he's doing all of this for Lily. So then it's less of like, oh, I have to keep James's son alive, but I'm taking part in killing Lily's son. I could see that happening. I could I, I could also see I could also see him not doing it. Not I would have maybe even like to an extreme, like tried to protect Harry. Harry, yeah. Dumbledore. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's a very, that's an interesting uh, uh, little uh, what if (laughs) re-Marvel. I don't know if you're ready to talk about other stuff. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Um, Speaking of like crimes that happen in this letter, why wasn't Ariana's death investigated by anyone? Like, period. Like, a little girl died and no one has, like, questions? I think it is a little bit... People assume she was a squib. The magical community had some issues. It's like, she's a minority in that community and they don't care about that. They don't. They just really don't invest as much effort into people like that yeah it's sad it's like they're almost like in their eyes they're like muggles it's like almost half worth our attention yeah but I feel like they would even investigate a muggle death because they're like oh maybe it was one of ours so we have to like punish them like yeah. it's even worse mm. also <clears throat> this isn't a real like intense note but we got another piece of information about international travel and that they needed a port key for him to get for Gellert to leave. So just about our whole apparition. Yeah. On bow, but. Um, uh, so uh, the talk about the um, Armagard thing, the. Norman guard or Norman guard. Yeah, Norman guard, Mormon guard. <laughs> um, <Sure. laughs> where uh, uh, Grindelwald takes his people. I don't mean to bring this back to Crimes of Grindelwald again. But, you know, me always hoping that Little Strange is still alive. Maybe his little blue smoke thing takes people to his prison. Oh, that's interesting. Because I've always been like, I don't think he's just 
killing these people, maybe it transports them somewhere. And then when I read this chapter, I was like, I could totally see him transferring all of these people with his little thing to his prison. That's also another difference between him and Voldemort. Like he's not trying to like murder everyone to take over them. I mean, he is trying to take over, but like, he's like, he has a prison. Like Voldemort would never fuss with a prison. Yeah. I he's, mean, technically the, the thing in Malfoy Manor, but that's like more of a holding cell. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I like, mean, oh, good on Grindelwald. I was going to say, I feel like the prison is a little bit like concentration campy. Oh. So. <laughs> no, I'm not even like, oh, good yes. job he has, but he like, that is just a difference. Yes. Like he's not just straight up murdering people. He's putting them in. Yes, I think he, I think he values magical life, which was always my weird yes, I guess I don't know well I don't know I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But either way he's just not murdering people straight up like right him in prison allegedly. right I mean allegedly I hope he told here um <laughs> and then I have a, a like an Alex note <laughs> um if Dumbledore gets redemption for what he did at 17, so does Draco Malfoy. <laughs> the That's end. a good point. Thank you. And I think that 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 is consistent. I do think. Yes. I just think that some people are like, oh, he was racist and he, he can never be redeemed and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, but I numble it down. He did some bad stuff. He said some bad thoughts and he changed. Um, the I have a really dark note. Um, oh, Rita asks a couple of questions at the end of her chapter, <laughs> and she mm-hmm. says, Is it possible that Ariana Dumbledore was the first person to die for the greater good? And I was like, For Dumbledore's, for Dumbledore's greater, greater good, good. yeah, yeah, it's really just a lot to think about um I think Harry has a right to be angry um you you nailed it in your haiku yeah um yeah I mean I think it's a good discussion between him and Hermione like I think it's important that she says like you know, who, who they know him as, as much as it is important for Harry to say, like, but we can't just like, let this go. Like, I think both have like, which is why I said, it's like kind of how we talk about Dumbledore. It's like holding these, these two things. Yeah. And he definitely needs to hear it. I just think he also needs a, yeah, this is fucked up moment that he doesn't get. And and I don't blame Hermione for that. I blame um, the the person that left them because Ron would be the person that w- would commiserate with Harry and say, yeah, this is awful, dude. I'm so sorry. Dumbledore should have told you more. All of this. I can't imagine how you would feel all of that. But like, not as emotional. But, you know, Ron's going to yeah. be the, oh, yeah, Dumbledore sucks. And then Hermione gets to be the voice of reason. And Harry's like, OK, I'm not as far as Ron, but I can see Hermione's opinion. Because right now it just feels there's just a lot 
it's a or lot. Run would tell Hermione to like let it go for right now. For right now, something like that, like that breaks it up because okay. like I can see Harry's point of view of like right now I don't I know you're right but I don't want to hear that you're right and I think he needs their needs which is why Hermione and Harry don't work when it's just the two of them really that's why they don't work as a relationship because they need like a buffer of something they need nuance because they're both like so wrapped up in their feelings on how they feel about things they disagree with yeah um (laughs) Do we dare, I guess, like make this leap or comparison of like Dumbledore canceled, quote unquote? Yes, I I did it. Rolling. (laughs) I put it on. I put that in my my book, in my uh, in my notes, and it's this part when Harry's like da da da, like the fire or whatever that line is. Like my faith in him died. I was like, yeah, that's like. I feels a little bit like how I felt about uh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. And I think Hermione's like trying this, to me, like the question is being asked, like do enough good actions outweigh bad actions? Like if you have, you do five bad things, but you do 20 good things, like does that, how does that math work out? And does it, do those five things not, you know, it's so bad that it doesn't matter the other good things you did, you know? I think it does if the person is can can acknowledge that the things they did were bad. J.K. Rowling is not yet at that place. Um, I have hope that she will get there. I don't know if she ever will. Um, And time, like Dumbledore, there's been so much time from when he did, and like, it's been more or less mm, I was gonna say it's been pretty linear but it hasn't he's been all over the place with like how he's like used Harry inappropriately mm-hmm. but like at least like this bad thing yes was a part of was like very much in the past and then he has moved forward in good action since then where mm-hmm. she did all these good things and she's digging and her all these bad things at the same time <laughs> like right um I also uh just to like make the metaphor or the similarities go a little bit further I think she's having a for the greater good moment where she's like everyone is telling me that this is wrong but I'm sticking to my guns because I know better because I am fighting for the cis women of the world but back on topic um at the end of the day, I do think Dumbledore does love Harry a lot. I think Hermione is right when she's yeah. like, I know we disagree on this, but I don't want you to, I can tell that you're walking away from this with well, Dumbledore didn't love me and he did, he did, Harry. Yeah. And um, and then Harry's response of like, this isn't love. I don't know what it is, but this doesn't. And I'm like, I feel like, yeah, Dumbledore's actions don't necessarily show that, but I don't think I don't think that that negates the fact yeah. that it was love. Like, I don't think that was love. Like, that's not a good example of love. But yes, lo- other examples of love. But I do think that one line he gives Hermione like really sums it up, though. Like, look what he asked from me, Hermione. Risk your life, Harry, and again and again. 
and don't expect me to explain everything. Just trust me blindly. Trust that I know what I'm doing. Trust me even though I don't trust you. Never the whole truth. Never. His voice cracked with the strain, and they stood looking at each other in the whiteness and the emptiness, and Harry felt they were as insignificant as insects beneath that wide sky. He loved you, Hermione whispered. I know he loved you. Harry dropped his arms. I don't know who he loved, Hermione, but it was never me. This isn't love, the mess he's left me in. That, that really, like, summed it up. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and yeah, I don't think that's love. Like, I don't think that's how Dumbledore is, like, showing love. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's not mutually exclusive either. Like right. You're saying. But, yeah, that was kind of my last note, actually. That's, yeah, that's my last note. Oof. A lot of deep discussions in this chapter. I kind of rated it pretty high. I said 121. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, thinking about these deep thoughts, I was like, I'm into it. <laughs> um, I rated it low. I rated it 95. But um, I think that's just because I knew all the information. So I'm going to go up to like an 110. Because I, after discussing it with you, I definitely have a much greater appreciation for this chapter and everything that it gives to the, the depth it gives to the story. I just like opted out of Rat and Champ. Like obviously like, in a lot of ways, Dumbledore is my rat, but I was like, I just get into like this whole discussion that I like just decided I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> my rat is Dumbledore and my champ is Hermione because... She felt like she needed a hug. Yeah, she really needs a, a hug. <laughs> um, and I forgot about doing the tattoo ideas, but I was thinking about last chapter and I guess a little bit this chapter, but like that little phoenix feather that's holding the wand together. <laughs> Harry's broken wand. Yeah. <laughs> well, the feather, the feather specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's literally the only thing keeping Harry together right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Um, I would get the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter tattooed on my body. You don't want to get like greater good. Um, no. <laughs> um, well, no, actually, my I changed my mind. She's a nutty squirrel poo is what I'm getting <laughs> tattooed on my body with a picture of um, the snake coming out of Bethilda Bagshot's body. Sure. Um, I want everyone to just have that image and uh, stay magical. <laughs> uh, charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.